Can I hear a big amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Can I hear a bigger amen? amen? Thank you very much. Praise God. Uh, let's go to Mark 16. Mark 16. Hallelujah. Common text here. Um, it's referred to as the Great Commission. Amen. And um, last week we were talking about impacting our generation. And I'm going to kind of do a kind of a part two of that sort of sort of type deal. And, and um, we used uh, last week as illustration uh, King David and, uh, and also Saul, uh, Apostle Saul, or Paul, I should say, um, but, uh, uh, and how they affected their generation, amen, and how they saw the importance of reaching their generation, amen, and how God gave praise uh, unto them just because of their willingness to serve their generation. Amen. God acknowledges it. Amen. So uh, I want to be a part of that. I said, I want to be a part of that. I mean, you know, I want to hear those words, well done, you know, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. I want to hear those things. And uh, I want to know that I did my part uh, to serve and to affect, to influence, to impact, amen, or to imprint, amen, hallelujah, in our own generation, praise God. And so uh, this is Jesus talking to the boys before he ascends. And um, a lot of times, you know, uh, we, don't, we don't realize, uh, but he's actually saying this out of a rebuke because they were getting called on the carpet uh, because here it is at the end here, he's getting ready to ascend and he's noticing some unbelief in these, in these boys. And uh, he's, he kind of calls them on the carpet about it. So when he says this statement, it's not some lightweight kind of, flowery, fluffy thing he's saying. He's letting it be known, you have a job to do. You got purpose. And this ain't the time to back up. This ain't the time to throw in the towel. This ain't the time to give up. This ain't the time to dilly-dally, be wishy-washy. Hello? This ain't the time uh, to, you know, somehow or another be, you know, kind of lackadaisical. If, that's, if, I, if I even said that word right, I don't even know. But, but the bottom line is this, this up and down, in and out stuff, it, we're done with it. If we're going to do what we're called to do, then we got to impact this generation and we got to do it right. Praise God. Amen. Can I hear a big amen? Now, this great commission has never changed. We're still called to do this. In Matthew's account, he says, everything I've taught you and everything I've trained you and everything I spoke to you, you go do, amen, by making disciples of all nations and teach them what I taught you. So it's for all of us, amen. Verse 15, he says this, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, amen. Hallelujah. I took this literal when I first got saved. And when I was living out here, I wasn't, I wasn't very old in the Lord. And uh, I was about as dumb as a stump and, and ignorant as they come when it comes time to spiritual things. So basically, I was just learning on the fly. And, and as I learned, I, I just kind of put it to practice, you know. And I remember being out uh, kind of, you know, on days that I didn't, you know, maybe, the, maybe they were doing uh, breaks at work or maybe on the weekends or something. I'd be out wandering around in the junipers preaching. I didn't know where else to do it. You know, by that time, nobody would dare have me behind their pulpit. 
But I, man, I knew it in my heart, man. I got a man just, just burning in me, you know. So I remember just preaching and talking, and one by one, here come the little squirrels, and here come the little, the little, you know, the, you know, you know, the, you know, rabbits and the rock chucks. A lot of rock chucks. They, they kind of over, over, overdid the congregation, and you know, ministered the word, and little by little, you know, they got saved, laid hands on them. They all fell out in the power. That all didn't happen. But, but, uh, but when he says preach to every creature, amen, I took it literal, praise God. I figured I'll preach to every creature, praise God. Amen. So I don't know how many birds sat on the tree limbs and listened and how many squirrels and all that. But anyway, but the bottom line is you preach to everything, praise God. There's always something. Now it says preach the good news, amen, the gospel. Everybody say preach the good news. I mean, the word preacher means to herald, proclaim, amen, or even means to publish, amen. So preach the gospel, which means good news. Amen. But how many know it isn't just preaching? How many know you got to have some doing? Come on, right? Got to have some doing, all right? He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. But it says these signs will follow those who believe. Everybody say signs. Amen. He says in my name they will cast out demons. Well, you're going to have to get involved. You're going to do that. Uh, they will speak with new tongues. I mean, you got to get involved if that's going to happen. It says they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it'll by no means hurt them. That doesn't mean you chase after snakes and go out there and drink poison. It just means that anytime any of these kind of things jump up, God's going to flow and work through you, praise God, to see deliverance every time, praise God. Hallelujah. That doesn't just even mean when, when something comes your way, but you might be there praying for somebody that one of these things happened to them, and God will move through you, praise God, to make a difference. Yeah. And the last part it says there, and, he, and what? They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Amen. I remember that sometimes just in the beginning. I mean, I, you know, I just, okay, you feel like, I don't know if I'm worthy of this. I don't know if I can do this. God said, just, I just ask you to lay hands on them. You're not the healer. You're not to deliver. You're, you're just the vessel I use and I work through. Just lay hands on them. Let me do the work. Amen. That got real simple. So I thought, you know, you might as well, you might as well lay hands on them, praise God. And the first few I laid hands on didn't make it. And I thought, man, I ain't very good at this. I thought, man, maybe I have a special anointing. I don't know, but it wasn't a good one. And they just kept doing it. And little by little, they got better. Little by little, they got well. Little by little, praise God, they got delivered, praise God. Amen. You just do. Amen. I said you just do. We're called to impact our generation, not only with a good message, amen, but to be willing, amen, to reach beyond our own comfort zones, to reach beyond our own little limitations, amen, our own little things, and reach beyond it in order to reach into the life of another human being, praise God. Can I hear a big amen? This is what we're called to do, praise God. Amen. Uh, last week, um, I had a couple verses I used. I might just use them real quick to kind of spin off of what we have for you today. But Philippians 2, let's go there real quick. Praise God. Hallelujah. And, of course, I didn't read that whole text there. It says, He confirmed the word with signs following. They went out and they preached it and did it. Praise God. And God confirmed it. Praise the Lord. Okay, Philippians chapter 2, verse we read last week. Just real quick, let's read it. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, the Great Commission, um, you know, when you kind of look at it, even though it wasn't necessarily worded that way, 
uh, in, in the gospel, uh, you know, in Mark there, but we all just refer to it as the Great Commission. Uh, but it means to be entrusted with a mandate, amen, with a purpose. And that's what we've all, we've all been entrusted with a mandate, with a purpose, to affect our generation, amen. Somebody said, well, I, I just don't think I, I could be used. Yes, you can. Everybody can. Amen. Everybody's got something, amen, that, they, that God can do through them, amen, with them, praise God, to help the life of another human being. Come on. That's just the facts, all right? Um, Philippians 2.5 says this, that you have become blameless and harmless children of God without fault, here we go, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, all right? I have a lot of people say, well, this generation, I tell you, it's just all going to the you know, just going to the pot. I tell you, it's just, it's all going to hell, I tell you. This, this generation is just so messed up. Well, yeah, it's crooked and perverse. There's no doubt about it. And it says we're in the midst of it. Huh? Come on now. And it says, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Right. Amen. You're called to make a difference in that perverse, crooked, amen, generation. Are you hearing me? Right. You're called to be the difference maker. Amen. Somebody says, well, I, I just can't be, I, I, you know, that uh, at work, they're all, they're all this, they're all that. Listen, 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 listen. That, that's why you're there. Make a difference. Make a difference. Amen. Amen. Now, granted, if you're, if you're where God's told you to be, then it doesn't matter what's going on around you. You have what it takes because greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. Let's try this one more time on this side. Amen. Greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. How many believe that over here? All seven of you. Let's try that again here. How many believe that greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world? All right, that's a little better. All right, I better give these guys one more chance. How many know that greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world? All right, you have what it takes. You're the salt. You're the light. You're the difference maker, praise God. Amen. Put... uh, uh, let's do 1 Peter chapter 2. Let's put that one. It was a verse I used last week. Uh, we're going to use it again just to kind of spin off of this. Are you still with me today? Yeah. All right. Now, uh, verse 9 here of chapter 2 says, But you are a chosen generation. You're part of it. Amen. A royal priesthood. You're part of a holy nation. That's you. You're part of a whole different, whole different royal, uh, you're of a royal line. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you getting this? His own special people or peculiar people, I think it says in the old King James. Amen. That you may proclaim, that you may proclaim the praises of him. Amen. Who, what, called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Who once were not a people but now, but are now the people of God. Who uh, maybe at the time had not obtained mercy but now you've obtained mercy. What he means is this. He says, you were once in that place. Somehow or another, somebody got to you. Somehow or another, somebody said something, did something. And it affected your life. Come on now. I'm going to use this word now. Imparted something to you that made a difference in you. Where all of a sudden now you're part of a whole nother kingdom. You're part of a whole nother family. You're part of a whole nother uh, grouping of, of people called new creations in Christ. And the old has passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now somehow, I mean, you rascal you. 
Some of you are so ornery. Some of you are absolute nasty. Now, some of you maybe not quite so bad. You weren't nasty on the outside, but boy, you were nasty on the inside. Look at your neighbors on now. I know he's talking about you. <laughs> come on now. You, I mean, no, you needed Jesus, right? It didn't matter where you come from. I mean, you could have been the sweetest person on the planet, but if you don't know Jesus, come on now. Somebody did something, said something. It could have been at a, it could have been at a VBS. Could have been at a rodeo Bible camp. Come on, somebody. Could have been missions. We got Brother Jerry back here. Just got back from the Philippines. How many people got saved there, Jerry? 729 people came to Jesus. But you know, Jerry didn't just go there and preach. He did other things. They'd gone there with teams before that, that just go and minister, amen, uh, you know, to bring health and wholeness to people, amen, bring in whatever it takes, medical assistance, whatever it takes. But through that, use that as a means, amen, to win the lost. There's all kinds of ways. You still with me? God wants to use you. Amen. All right, we're going to talk today about the power of impartation. Amen. The power of of impartation. Amen. Praise God. And so with that, we're going to go to Romans 1, where we're going to take off from. Romans 1. Hallelujah. Somebody says, well, I thought we already took off. Well, this is, you know, one of many sermons today. Now, you got to understand how this all works. I mean, we a lot of times look at ourselves and think, what do I got that can make the difference in the life of another human being? Well, if you got God on the inside, then I guess you got the goods. Look at your neighbor and say, you got the goods. <laughs> Hallelujah. You got what it takes, right? All right, so let's, uh, let's read this. Uh, verse 8 says this. First, I thank, uh, this is chapter 1, verse 8 of Romans. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of His Son. Everybody say, with my spirit. Now, we've talked, you know, over the last month here, been talking quite a bit about that word here, spirit, which is the word pneuma, which means, uh, you know, breath, wind, right? But it refers to, really, the, the breath of, talking about, you know, we've, we've been talking about every spirit has the ability to influence, Okay. And the word pneuma, okay, it refers to whether we're talking angelic, demonic, or human spirit, okay? It has, it has the ability to influence, give an opportunity to breathe. Now, I'm not talking about breathing oxygen and breathing out, you know, is it carbon monoxide or dioxide or one or the other? One's out of a vehicle and one's out of a, uh, whatever. Anyway. Something that ain't of oxygen. Amen. So we're not talking about so much breathing in and out oxygen. We're talking about, praise God, a, a level of influence that comes out of every human spirit, of every spirit period. Amen. But today we're talking about human spirit. All right. So for God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by some means now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. Now this is Paul talking to the church at Rome. For I long to see you that I may impart, everybody say impart, impart. 
that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. All right? There means a non-carnal gift. Amen. So that you may be established. All right? That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and of me. Praise God. Now, the word here, back up in verse uh, 9 here. Verse 10, pardon me. No, verse 11. There we go, verse 11. All right, we'll get her. Hallelujah. Verse 11, the word impart or impartation. Metadidome, okay, is the Greek word. Made up of two words, meta, okay, didome, okay. The word meta means to transfer, all right. Didome means to shape or to modify by association. Are you hearing me? To, amen, again, to transfer, to shape or modify by association. Now, the word association, which is a key word today, means to frequently be in the company of, to be connected to another, uh, to keep company. In fact, Paul warned them, in, even in 1 Corinthians, there are places where he said, you know, you got to guard who you keep company with. Why is that? Because there's impartation happening. Are you still with me? Now, amen, we're going to look at both sides of this today. Amen. Just to show you the importance of what and who you keep company with, what you associate with. All right. Are you still with me? Now, God wants to use you to affect the lives of others. Like Paul said, I'm here to impart. I'm literally I'm using my spirit as a tool today because I'm here in the spirit. Amen. To impart part into you, amen, something good today. Hallelujah. I'm here to impart to you spiritual gifts, spiritual things, non-carnal things, because what's in me is going to get in you, praise God. What's on me is going to get on you, praise God, because this is how it works. I said this is how it works. Uh, let's uh, look at 1 Thessalonians. Uh, chapter 2, put that up real quick. 1 Thessalonians. This is Paul talking again to the church at Thessalonica. And he says this in verse 7 and 8. We're going to read both those verses. It says, But we were gentle among you, uh, just as a nursing mother cherishes her own children. So he's talking to them. He said, Listen, we're, we, we went easy on you. All right. So, af, uh, so affectionately, verse 8, longing for you, we were well pleased to, here we go, impart metodidomy. Okay, again, hallelujah, to transfer, to shape or modify by association. Praise God. We were well pleased to impart to you, here we go, not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives. Are you hearing me? Now, this is why I was saying earlier, you know, the part of the, the great commission, that, that purpose, hallelujah, that we have, that, that mandate that we have, praise God, is not just about a message, hallelujah, but that's where it starts. But it ain't just about a message. It's about getting what's in you into the life of another. To impart, amen. That's why we lay hands on people. It's all about impartation. That's why I'm cautious, amen. I don't let just anybody lay hands on me. That's a whole other sermon, but I'm just saying. Hallelujah. 
I don't just let anybody speak into me. I'm just saying. All right. I take it pretty serious. All right. So uh, I guard what is imparted into me so that when I now have the opportunity to impart into you, I know that what went into me was good. Hallelujah. And I can put that same thing into you. Praise God. Are you still with me? Hallelujah. To impart, he says, not only the gospel, not only this good news, this good message, not only some good doctrine we could even say. We're not just here to put good doctrine into you. That's part of it, but that's not all of it. Part of it is to impart our own lives. Hallelujah. There are things in me that need to get in you. That's not being prideful or arrogant. That's just the facts. I know what God's put into me. I know who and what has been uh, influencing my life, has been imparted into my life, been imprinted into my life, and I'm going to do everything I can to try to get that back out there, amen, to imprint, to impart, to influence, come on, to impact my generation. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Give the Lord a praise, somebody, come on. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's why when I sit uh, before a group, whether we're talking about, uh, you know, uh, some study or we're talking about behind a pulpit, we're talking about in the prison or whatever it is, amen, I don't just see, uh, you know, uh, there might be like in this room, I don't know how many we got in here today, but, but I don't just see this amount. I see families being reached. When I go into the prison, I don't just see that, you know, that, uh, you know, few dozen men that might be sitting in front of me. I see their whole families being influenced. Because if I can somehow get what's in me, in them, it'll affect their family. When we have 200 plus kids show up to a VBS, we don't just see 200 plus kids uh, showing up to a VBS because you just pull your hair out. What do you see? You see families being reached somehow, even through a young one could reach a whole family. We've literally had families come here because of what God has done in their kids. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what it's about. Don't ask me to get on a horse. I don't want to be on no horse. I ride steel ponies. That's what I ride. But, but uh, you know, they like to ride them horses, some people. And they somehow they can use that and they affect the lives, and they get into the hearts of those young people, and it affects their whole families. They've not only had the kids water baptized and saved at, uh, at the rodeo, Bob, they've had their parents come to Jesus, Adam. They show up just thinking, okay, I'm going to hang out while my kid does what they do, and didn't know they were on course for destiny. Come on, somebody. Right? That's what it's about. Praise the Lord. So when you look at it this right, amen, you understand the, the importance or the power of impartation. Metodidomy, okay? Paul understood. When I get before you and speak, I'm influencing you. You still hear me? All right. Now, how many know it isn't always good influence? How many know there's some bad influence out there? Woo! Mercy. Put uh, Galatians 3, verse 1, please, if you will. Here was a, something that happened. This is Paul talking. He said, oh, foolish, we're the victorians. 
Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who's influenced you? That you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. In other words, you let somebody else in there and somebody say something that, that you shouldn't have been listening to. You shouldn't have been hearing that. They've now affected your way of thinking. Somebody else has been breathing into you, and now it's affecting your walk. It's affecting your viewpoint. It's affecting your inner man. It's affecting your life, your walk, because association always equals destination. Who you let associate or you associate with determines where you're going. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 11, actually a couple times in 1 Corinthians, but in verse 1 of chapter 11, he said, follow me as I follow Christ. Come on, this ain't hard, this ain't complicated. He said, this is what's, what's in me, this is how this all works, what God's, what I'm, what I'm following him, and this is what he's showing me how to do it and how to be. He said, follow me as I do that. Amen. Amen. That's all about impartation. He says, if you just kind of hook up and connect, we can get through this thing together, praise God. Amen. But you got to guard who you let influence you. I said, you got to guard who you let influence you. And we're not just talking about in the church house. Because I get a lot of people, they go, you don't sit back there and kind of check you out, man. I'm just going to check you out. Don't know, man. Make sure that guy preaches good stuff, man. I tell you what, we're gonna watch him. But then you get at work and you just let any dog, Tom, Dick, and Harry, speak into you. And you'll come to the church and go. You got to be that way every day. Who you letting talk into you? What are you watching? What are you listening to? Amen. What's that guy saying? What's that person doing? Come on, all of it becomes some form of influence. Still with me? Hallelujah. Well, hang on. We'll, someday we'll win you over. Praise the Lord. Anyway, praise God. All right. Are you still with me? Hallelujah. Now, uh, let's go to, uh, let's do this. Let's go to Proverbs for a bit. We got to go to Proverbs. Amen. Proverbs chapter 13, please. Let's look at this. Hallelujah. Now listen, if uh, you let the right thing influence you, then that means when you turn around, you're going you're to be a right influence in the life of another. That's how this works. And you don't even have to try real hard. I said, you don't even have to try real hard. It says, he who walks, it literally means to, to take the time to connect by communication. That's what it's talking about. He walks, and then refers to two people walking alongside together, hanging out together. Amen. Where, well, he who walks with wise men will be wise. Amen. How many want to be want to walk in wisdom? Well, you got to guard who you who you're walking with, who you're hanging out with. But the companion or association, it means, of fools, amen, will be destroyed. You hang out with the wise, amen, you'll be wise. You hang out with the ding-a-ling, you'll be a ding-a-ling. Hang out with a fool, the word says you'll be destroyed. Everybody says, I don't want to be destroyed. All right, let's define destroyed. 
The word destroyed means to be broken, means to suffer evil or to suffer injury. Nobody wants that. But get this, it means to be diminished. It means to be hindered. In what? Well, in what you're called to and where you're headed. It'll hinder you. It literally means to be deviated off course. So you hang out with a fool, and you're going to somehow or another, you're going to end up off course. Somehow or another, you're going to be, uh, you're going to somehow be limited. You're going to somehow, uh, you're somehow, you're going to be hindered in what you're called to do. One brother said it this way, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Let me say, what do you, what do you, you think I'm, you think I'm, I'm, I'm heading somewhere? You think God's going to, well, who, who are you hanging with? Because we don't need to waste any time with anything else because you could have all kinds of calling in your life. You could have all kinds of gifting in your life. But if you're going to hang out with those that are going to hinder it, those that are going to get you deviated off course, then it doesn't matter how much gifting you got. doesn't matter how much calling you got. Because it's going to determine where you end up. Listen, if you got, you know, you know, I don't know if you know this, but, you know, you're, you're writing your, your, your life story, you know. And, and, and when you're writing your life story, don't give the pen to just anybody. Don't hand that guy over there the pen and let him start writing your history or your life story. It's like, no, give me that pen back. Right? But that's the way it works. And you start hanging out with people you shouldn't be hanging out with. And pretty soon they're saying stuff and they're imparting. And you say, well, uh, they're not safe, so they're not imparting. No, no, no. Every spirit imparts. Every spirit imparts. That's how it was designed to work. That's how God designed it to work. Are you still with me? And so you might as well get the right stuff coming in so that when you turn, you're putting out the right stuff. You know, the word talks about the blind leading the blind. That's all about impartation. You know, you, you, let, you let the guy that thinks he knows it all doesn't know squat. Come on, somebody. Sorry for the French. They're all owe you a buck probably for that one, Kevin. But uh, anyway, he doesn't know anything, and yet they're leading you. And you think, dude, they're heading for a ditch. Oh, but they're nice. They're heading for a ditch. But they have a good heart. No, they don't. Not according to the book. Listen, they might have the potential for a good heart, but Jesus said all the good, the bad, and the ugly come out of the heart of man. And if there's all nothing but bad coming out, then that means the heart ain't right. And that's the last person you want to be have leading you. And Bell's hearing me today. Well, anyway, Proverbs twelve. Let's look at another one. Verse twenty-six: The righteous should choose his friends carefully. See, that word friends is the same word again, associate, okay? Choose his associates, who he associates with, carefully. For the way of the wicked leads them astray. Now, associations can add to your life or subtract from your life. You still with me? 
Associations can either empower your destiny or deprive you of your destiny. So he says, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Leads who astray? Well, the righteous man who's looking for a friend. That's why you got to guard who's your friend. Now listen, we, we love everybody, but I don't just let anybody influence my life. I've even got, I got some, you know, so-called, uh, you know, people, so friends, I should say, that they, they're lost as a goose in a snowstorm. But they know where I stand, and when we sit down together, I do the influencing. Amen. People say, well, now listen, if you understood what ability you have on the inside and the potential that you have to make a difference in the world around you, you take more serious, you take this more serious than you are now, too. This is serious business. So I choose to guard what goes into me. Amen, because I know what then will come out of me. All right. Okay, let's look at this. The way for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Now, are you still with me? Or did you shut me down? All right. The way of, okay, so he's talking about the way of the wicked. All right. The word way here just means a course of life, mode of action, manner of living, or manner of thinking. So the way, the manner of thinking, or the manner of living of the wicked will lead one astray. The word wicked, rasha, which is important, okay, because it just means actively in and out, up or down. Literally means to be unstable morally. Unstable morally, all right? And uh, refers to guilty of maybe some wrongdoing, but it isn't necessarily somebody that's always wrong or somebody that's always immoral. They're up and down. They're in, they're out. Do you know that the word wicked doesn't always necessarily refer to the heathen? It's just a thought. Think about it. Because sometimes you got people that are saved that ain't no more leaning on God, ain't no more hearing anything about God, ain't no more trying to grow, trying to learn, trying to better themselves in God. Come on, somebody. They're just saved. They got fire insurance, and bless God, I, I hope I'm not going to hell. And that's about as far as their walk is in God. And you still have to watch. Am I just going to let you know somebody feed into me? Yeah. Let me throw something at you. If, if you haven't struggled with your marriage, don't listen to the guy that has no idea about relationships. Don't let them feed into you. If you haven't struggled with finance and you're looking to somehow get better in your business or your finance or whatever it is in those areas, you want to hook up with people that can take you higher. Not those that don't, know, don't have a clue about it. The point I'm trying to say is this. If you know where you want to go, then find those that are there. And then help, let them impart, amen, so you go there. That's not a down on anybody else. We still do our part to love others and pray for them and encourage them and do our best to impart into them, hallelujah, to take them higher. But when it comes time to my life, 
When it comes time to your life, we purpose. We, we purpose. Amen. We know where we're going. The way of the wicked leads them astray, seduces, deceives, or causes to err. Literally means to make, to stagger, or cause to wander again off the way. Are you still with me? Listen, negative associations are like a vacuum. They will suck the life out of your destiny. It will suck the life out of your future. That's why you got to guard who you, now listen, associate with. Everybody say associate with. So let's maybe, let's make a little clearer. Maybe I should have done this at the beginning, but let's make it a little clearer. Association talks about a continual connection. So it's not just talking about a casual thing. You, some of you work next to it, work once in a while, and they come by, and they like, oh, sudden, oh, my God, oh, stay away, stay away, stay away. Come on. But at the same time, when you're sitting down and that's who you do lunch with every day, okay, or that's who, come on, and you let them, it could be, remember now, we're here to change our generation. Listen, if you don't lead your generation, your generation will lead you. Because it all determines on who's doing the imparting. Look at your neighbor and say, it's a good thing you came today. <laughs> Woo! When you think about some of these individuals, okay, Samson and Delilah. Dude. Dude, you got problems. Right? You got to guard who you're hanging with, man. Right? I mean, even Abraham and Lot. God told Abraham, go, leave your family behind, but he decides to bring nephew. Well, then they have issues. As soon as they got rid of the, the nephew, the problem stopped. Come on. So Lot goes off with his family, and then he ends up hooking up in Sodom, and because of the influences there, they have problems. I'm just saying. You know, we want to sometimes, we want to sit around, we want to look at, you know, the negatives of everything and stop. We got to say, listen, who's, who's here to change that? We are. That's right. That's right. So somewhere online, we got to, you know, instead of just getting in agreement with all that's bad out there, let's, let's make a difference. Come on. Hmm. Do you know why there are, um, uh, mo most, for the most part, why there are uh, um, financial uh, what's the best way to word? Um, what do you call that when uh, when all the economy kind of what do you call that crashed or something recession? That's the word I was looking for. Recession. You know why most time there's a recession? Not because there's a recession. There's a recession because somebody said there was a recession, and everybody said what <gasps> recession? So they said something that imparted into you that you turn around and says we're in the middle of a recession. We're in the middle of a recession. We're in the middle of a recession. And God says, no, you're not. Oh, yes, we are. No, you're not. Well, he said we are. Who's he? 
well, it's got to be the president's fault. Because I'm sure he's the one to blame. Listen, there could be recession going all the way around you, and you never experience it. There could, be, there could be sickness and disease all the way around you, and you never experience it. But if you let everything out there be what's imparted into you, you carry it even though you know the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And even though you're heaven bound because of what you've been influenced with, and now you're carrying that, amen, and influencing those around you with the same mess. Now look at your neighbor and say, this is serious business. Let's go, uh, let's do this. Because I just kind of feel this. Anyway, let's go to the Gospel of John. Let's look at this. John 8. Let's go there. John 8. Hallelujah. Nope, let's go to Psalms. Let's do that. That'll be good. We'll go to Psalms first. Psalms 1. Let's do that. That'll work. Let's do that. That's good. That's probably the way I had it back there anyway, isn't it? Let's see. Who'd have thought? Blessed is the man, empowered to prosper, empowered to succeed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. you got to watch where you walk, where you stand, and where you sit. Now, is anybody blessed in the house? Now it says the blessed man guards that. The, guard, the blessed man, amen, the one that's empowered to prosper, guards where he walks, stands, and sits. Now we're going to come back to that. Verse 2. All right. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, or in other words, in the word of God, and in his law he meditates day and night. In other words, in his word. Okay, verse 3, though. So here's the result. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. This is your destination, right? Come on now. Hallelujah. So depending on what the association is, depending on what's influencing you and imparting into you, determines where you go. So if you're a blessed man, you're, not, you're watching where you stand, walk, and sit. Instead, you're putting in the Word of God, and it says, then you're going to be like the tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit. In other words, you're going to be fruitful and productive in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. In other words, this is not going to die off. It's not going to be a momentary thing, but it's going to carry on through. And whatever he does shall prosper or succeed. Now, how many like that verse? I like that verse. But you can't have verse 3 without verse 2. But verse 2, you're going to have to delight yourself in the law of the Lord and in His law meditate day and night. That means in the good days and the bad days, not just nighttime, light time. Okay, see that? It's all about good days and bad days. Now, the blessed man, okay, does this. And then he has a good result or a good destination. Come on now. But the blessed man also has to do verse 1. So if you're going to be empowered. See, you could have the blessing. Listen to me. You could be a tither. And the, and the word promises as a tither, the windows of heaven open and pour out such blessing. Now that, you did a right thing to open a door for God to do what His word says He'll do. But you could be doing 
or pardon me, not doing verse 1 and listening to some counsel of the ungodly, listening to or walking or standing in the path of a sinner or sitting in the seat of the scornful and lose your blessing because you've been talked out of it. Walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Counsel, the advice, um, the input of the ungodly. Now, this word ungodly actually is the same word we read earlier of the wicked, okay? And it just means, again, somebody that's morally off or unstable, okay? So I'm not just going to let just anybody counsel me. Are you still with me? Well, he said he loves the Lord. Well, how does he live? Well, <laughs> but he's a good guy. He's fun. How's he living? Well, <laughs> but he's got a good heart. How's he living? But he's fun. Could be a lot of fun. But he's influencing you. Okay? Are you influencing that person? Well, I hope so. See, you can't just listen to anybody's counsel. Okay, how about standing in the path of sinners? Now, the word sinner here. It's not talking about just, you know, off and on. This one here makes it a habit. This is pretty serious stuff. And it says, now, nor stands in the path of sinners. Okay? Now, the path, that means the course or the manner of. Okay? So, I'm not going to just stand and let them walk all over my life and somehow imprint in my life, okay? Sits in the seat of the scornful, okay? What's that mean? Well, it's referring to hearing, to sit, to hear the mocker, the disrespectful, the false interpreter or the sarcastic one. And it's not just referring to sarcasm in general. It's talking about those that are mocking disrespectful or sarcastic to the things of God. You can't just let people do that. Well, you know, I don't want to upset them. What? What? Well, every time I do say something about the Lord, they say, that offends me. So your mouth offends me, chump. I don't need to sit and listen to your garbage all day long either. So if I have to shut up, you're shutting up. Don't tell me to shut up. We Listen, the body of Christ has done that far too long. Well, we just don't want to offend them. What about their mess? Doesn't that offend you? That's why, you know, you got to guard 
what you listen to. Man, we got, we're backing up stuff in the, in the body of Christ. We're, we, we're, on, we're on backup mode, man. Every time we're letting this happen and that happen and that go on and that go on and say, well, it's okay. No, it ain't. So somewhere along the line, we got to say enough's enough. We do the influencing. Because greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. Listen, I got a lot of you right now real nervous. But man, we're forgetting who we are. And we're letting this. Now remember, the blessed man. The blessed man, the one that ends up where everything and whatever they do prospers and succeeds. That person guards where they walk, they guard where they stand, and they guard where they sit. And they put the right stuff in there. Still with me? Okay, now John 8. Some of you are looking like you really want to get out of here real quick. So, John 8. The story's got a lot to say. We got a lady that was caught in adultery. It's kind of a silly thing, to be honest, because where's the guy, right? If she's caught in the very act, then where's he at? Chances are he's probably one of their buddies. Anyway, I'll leave it alone. But anyway, so she's brought to Jesus because she's been caught in adultery. And really all they did was trying to corner Jesus, trying to get him hung up here and just trying to trick him. Jesus knew their game. And... Uh, he says, they said, uh, you know, uh, the law says that somebody caught in the act of adultery needs to be stoned. So what do you say, Jesus? Well, Jesus, you know, reaches down, just kind of doodling on the ground a little bit. And, you know, all kinds of speculation, what he maybe he's writing on the ground, or if he's just doodling. I think, I don't know, who knows? He's probably just, just kind of doodling. Could be anything, but I think he just took a minute because the word says, you know, Jesus said this, I don't do anything unless I see the Father do it, and I don't say anything lest I hear the Father say it. So I guarantee you, he's just pausing for a little bit. All right, Lord, what do I say? <clears throat> so all of a sudden, the Spirit of God gives him a word. He says, well, I'll tell you what. Um, he without sin, go ahead and cast the first stone. Went back to doodling on the ground. And, of course, you know, anybody with any smarts realizes, well, <laughs> we've all had messed up and we've all blown it. We've all made mistakes. So one by one they left. Of course it says from the oldest to the youngest because you know the young bucks it took them a little while to get it. <laughs> but anyway, it's another story. But anyway, uh, so anyway, they all leave. So Jesus, uh, you know, stands up and she's still kind of bowed down there and everything because all embarrassed and you know, and, and he says uh, he said, hey woman, where's, uh, where's all your accusers? Where are they at? Looks like nobody's here. Where, where, where are they at? She says, well, I guess there's none. No, there, there's none. He said, well, I'm not here to condemn you either. But he said, that, but hey, um, go and sin no more. So now listen, listen. So he didn't just say, you know, you know you're, you're forgiven. He also said, you got to guard where you go from here. All right? So verse 12 then says this. So he spoke to them again saying, I'm the light of the world. He who follows or associates with me shall not walk in darkness. In other words, if, if, if you let me hang out with you, you're not going to go down that road anymore. Because that road's dark. Obscurity, it means dimness. 
okay, depravity, okay? So he says, listen, if you will just hang out with the right influences, you're not going to go down the wrong roads. He who walks with wise becomes wise. He who walks with a fool. So he says, he's talking, remember, he hasn't, he hasn't skipped a beat here. You know, go and sin no more. Don't, don't go down that road anymore. So the only way that's going to happen, listen, listen, don't you remember mama saying, every time you hang out with that guy, you just get yourself in trouble. I don't know what's wrong with you, kid. I tell you, and I tell you, and I tell you, every time you hang out with that little guy, every time you always end up in trouble. So why don't you stop hanging out with him? Oh, mom, you don't understand. So I go and visit you in prison. Hey, you're getting out tomorrow. Don't go hang out with the same people. Ah, you don't know what you're talking about. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have then the light of life. In other words, the life that you're called to, the light's going to shine on that, and you're going to say, "Whoa! there's the life I've always wanted. There's the life I need. That's what it's all about. I want to be blessed. I want to be blessed. I want everything I do to succeed. How do I do that? you got to guard where you sit, stand, and walk. All day long, you know, you can, you can say, well, you know, I, when I'm at home, I meditate on my Bible, but at night I like to play. And I don't understand why I keep getting in trouble, because I, I read my Bible. Well, dude, you know, it's who you're hanging with. Well, now, I just think you're just against that person. No, not at all. Bring him here to me. We'll see who's nervous. <laughs> right? See, right now he's got a, his way in your life, so he influences you to the point you go do things you got no business doing. But if you become who you're called to be, and the next time you come in contact with that individual, you say, now, wait a minute. Every day we're coming together, you say all your stuff. Now, I'm going to tell you some stuff. I'm a spirit-filled, tongue-talking, Bible-toting, devil-stomping child of God. I'm a part of a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, praise God, a holy nation. That's who I am. I'm righteous, hallelujah, because of what Jesus did, hallelujah. I walk holy because that's what God asked, amen. I live this, I talk this, I breathe this, and now I'm going to get it on you. Now, listen, I am a nice person. I know some of you are thinking right now, he must just be rude. I ain't rude. I'm really nice. But they always know where I stand. Right? That's how this works. So 
If somebody is influencing you in a way they shouldn't, that ought to be a sign to you. You're standing in the wrong place. You're sitting in the wrong place. You're walking alongside the wrong person. Now, if that person really is a friend, then they should be able to listen to what you have to say. I can't even tell you how many over the years. Well, I like you. Well, good, but this is what I'm about. This is what I talk. And, um, you know, um, you know, when you get around me, you're probably going to hear an amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. God is good. Let's pray. You might hear that. <laughs> and if you're okay with that, then you just go ahead and keep walking. I remember one time, okay, uh, we were in the mill. This is back when I was working in the mill, and a gentleman was telling I'd heard that he wasn't feeling good, and he's working in a style machine up above, and so he's feeding his product into the into the hopper, and it's going down. He's just up high. He's, I mean, he's probably about a story up above everybody else, but everybody could see him because of the machine. So I just walked up top of his machine, and I just said, hey, uh, I heard you're not feeling good. He said, oh, Yeah. I got such a powder, man, I can hardly even see. Man, it's such a migraine. I said, would you, would you mind me praying for you? And he said, well, yeah, I guess, yeah, you know. He thought me I was going to walk away. <laughs> and I just went, <laughs> in the name of Jesus. And I spoke a lot. And he was like, he just froze. And I got done. I said, well, you feel better? Yeah, yeah, I feel better. Somebody said, well, yeah, you scared it out of him. Well, yeah. <laughs> so they never came and asked me or said anything to me about being not feeling good unless they're ready for somebody to pray for them. <laughs> now, listen, uh, I know it sounds funny, but it was, it was, it was, it was kind of comical. But at the same time, there ain't a, I mean, there, everybody knows. Listen, if you live God loud, you don't have to worry about, hey, psst, psst. I got some stuff for you. <laughs> Just keep it down, though. I want you to know I know the Lord. <laughs> uh, I got a lot of stories in the mill, but whew. one time they said we should have a we should have us a prayer meeting in the morning before work starts. I said I agree. Let's do it. All right. So they said, all right, tomorrow we're all showing up. We're all coming in early. Great. What time? Okay, great. We'll, we'll all be there. All right. So they all come together and they're just super quiet. I'm like, I'm thinking, what church do they go to? <laughs> well, listen, that's fine. There's nothing wrong playing quiet, but, um, but I just thought, you know, man, we're, let's get something done, right? <laughs> well, 
uh, you know, what didn't take long, about a week later, they all realized, oh, we pray out loud. Yeah, we do. And we pray for those around us. Amen. Amen. Come on, somebody. And we had fun. Amen. You know, my son mentioned something like we used to do when we were younger. We, uh, uh, we played tag team on people. And uh, one by one, we, usually what it was is we got to praying in the, mor- in the mornings and we got going after it. And pretty soon somebody would come up in our heart. And we start praying for, you know, for whoever it was. And we'd call out his name, start praying or her or whatever. And so one by one, we do that through the course of the day. Um, we One by one, we go up to that individual and say, man, I just want you to know, man, you were on my heart today, this morning. Woo. Man, we prayed for you, man. I just want you to know, man, this, God's, God's going to do something great for you. And they're like, yeah, whatever. So the next guy come and goes, hey, hey, man, you were in my heart today, man. We were praying for you. And I said, wow. And it's like, it's like, what? Yeah, whatever. Well, about the third or fourth person that comes up to that person and goes, man, you've been on my heart today. I've been praying for you. They're starting to think, what's wrong with me? <laughs> what's wrong? So, you know, then about the, you know, about the time the fifth guy shows up, he goes, please pray. <laughs> but see, if you're going to be quiet all the time, you know that stuff happens. Listen, it's fun to serve God. And it's fun to be bold in the Lord. And granted, I understand not everybody has the same personalities. I get that. Uh, not everybody say, but yet everybody has the same God on that inside. The greater one. So there's ways that God can use you in some capacity that, amen, where you are imparting, benefiting, impacting, amen, and imprinting in your generation. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Give the Lord a praise, everybody. Come on. Hallelujah. Why don't you all stand up? Let me pray over you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Do I bore you with all my stories? Father, we give you praise and glory once again. It is always an honor and a privilege to speak your word and to receive your principles. And Father, I thank you that in the house today are influencers. The light, the salt, difference makers, those called to impart life into those around them. Father, forgive us for the times that we've let the wrong thing in. I know you're faithful and just to forgive, and we receive that. We thank you for that. Lord, it's our heart to, from here on, from here on up, guard where we stand, where we walk, where we sit who we allow to impart unto us. We give you praise for leading us and guiding us and directing us in that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we have the privilege of being difference makers, that we can be used by the Spirit of God, amen, to be that light, to be that salt. And we give you praise. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.